0: 7.70 and worldwide on the internet at first
1: about the kingdom of God we're going to talk about the teachings and doctrines of Jesus Christ that's not going to happen all in one show we're going to have to spread this out over a number of lectures but we're going to start with some of the basics Christ came preaching the kingdom of God we see in Matthew 10:7, he says and ye go preach." saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are one and the same thing. You only find the verse kingdom of heaven in Matthew, which is the result of the translation from Aramaic to Greek. Once we understand that, then we can go from there understanding that the kingdom of God is the right to be ruled by God. Originally, God placed us here on earth, breathed life into us, and said to hold dominion over the earth. Individually, we each own a piece of the rock, a piece of this planet. Now, we can give up that ownership to somebody else, centralize that ownership into the hands of a few, like Lamech and Nimrod and Cain and, and uh, the pharaoh where we go under the authority of others who hold dominion over us and our right to hold dominion on this planet. We are not free men under God, then. We are subjects. We are slaves. We are part of Corby's systems of servitude. God does not want us to be there. He wants us to be free souls under him. But we keep returning to that bondage, and usually it's directly resulted from our personal sin. Now, it may be the sin of our fathers. Our fathers may have eaten sour grapes, gone into debt, uh, signed contracts, stricken our hands, become a surety for that debt. And therefore, we are born in bondage and servitude. But if we will turn around and follow the ways of Jesus Christ, we shall have our salvation in liberty under God. And the doctrines of Jesus Christ tell us how to do that. And the authority of Jesus Christ allows us to do that if we do it according to righteousness. That's why he says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and his righteousness. Here on earth, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. The right to be ruled by God is here. It's always been here but we have to seek it righteously. We cannot simply say, oh, well, we're just going to disregard those previous agreements. We're going to abandon our responsibilities. We're going to turn our backs on everything that has gone before. We're just going to start over new as some kind of revolutionary. The early Americans who came here wrote the Declaration of Independence because they had earned the right to write the Declaration of Independence, and the king was usurping authority that was not his. If you think you can go and write that Declaration of Independence today without assuming the responsibilities that are co-relative to rights, you are delusional, and you couldn't be doing that without a certain amount of pride and arrogance, so, you know, get humble. Because the humble are going to succeed. The proud and arrogant will fail. So Christ gave us a solution on how to become free souls under God. Moses had given us the same solution when we were in bondage in Egypt. So what were they doing? What were they doing that was the same? Did they have the same robes? Did they have the same incense? Did they have the same rituals? Did they wear funny hats? all these things that we see accompanying the rituals of religion. Now the rituals of Christ's religion was to take care of one another, to love one another. That's our ritual. That is our pomp and ceremony, is the humility and the responsibility of taking care of each other. Now you cannot do that unless you come together and know who each of you are and connect each of you. How many people can you know, 100, 500? Thousand, hundred and forty-four thousand. Can you know hundred and forty-four thousand people intimately? No. You have to network. You have to get ten guys together, ten families together, and they know each other. You can you can handle that, and you can pick a minister amongst you, and he can know you pretty good. And he could get together with nine other men like himself who are ministers, and he can know them pretty good, so that he knows. If he says this is so, it's so, because I know this guy. And you see how it works? That's networking. You don't know everybody. You can't know everybody. You can't be making sure. I always remember the story of of uh, a guy running around from church to church talking about all the money that he was uh, going to collect to build orphanages in Africa never built a single orphanage in Africa but collected a million dollars and more and used it up <laughs> just used it up he was the total con man and all these ministers they just fell for it why? because they are con men too they've been teaching you that they're teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and they don't even know what it is they've been delivering you into bondage with great swelling words it's just astounding to see how people have been so duped by these false ministers. been duped, too. They all went to seminaries and had their brains buried somewhere out back in the seminary as if it was a cemetery. And they're not thinking for themselves. But they're promised, oh, you'll be a minister and people will look up to you and everybody will think you're great. And, okay, I'll go along with whatever you say if you really want to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, you better figure on being rejected because that's what they're going to do. They're going to reject you. They're going to hate you. And most of the people that are hating you are probably already going to church, but they're not going to Christ's church. They're going to some sort of artificial representation with a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, the authority thereof, because Christ established the kingdom of heaven on earth. And appointed ministers to take care of it until he returned and you better not wait till he returns to start doing what he said matthew 28 19, 20 go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. What did he tell you to observe? What is your preacher telling you? Does he have a list of all the things that Jesus said to observe? He must have told you to observe something because he's talking about, I have commanded you to walk of Jesus. And you'd be surprised the number of them that are in the text that you never even hear about from your local ministers. As a matter of fact, you probably hear something to the contrary of what Jesus commanded you to observe, too. and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand repent ye and believe the gospel Mark one fifteen. repent turn around the kingdom of heaven is at hand turn around from what? the kingdom of the Pharisees the kingdom of Herod now Herod was dead at the time that was stated there was no king in Jerusalem there was a King Philip there was uh, King uh Herod of Antipas, but he wasn't in Jerusalem; he was over in Galilee <coughs> <coughs> mark sixteen fifteen and he said unto them, Go ye' into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature the word creature there has to do with institutions anything created by men anything that can be constructed well you've constructed all kinds of governments all kinds of clubs and groups is the kingdom of god is the principles and precepts of the kingdom of god echoed in the institutions that you're creating or are you creating institution more institutions more in line with Cain, Nimrod, the Pharisees? Are you building institutions like that with the Pharisees had? Luke 14:21, so that servant came and showed him Uh, showed his Lord these things then the master of the house being angry said to his servant go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither poor and maimed and halted and the blind now that was told to that was told to the servants of the Lord in a parable that was told by Jesus Uh, because the people that were supposed to come to the wedding feast were not coming. And that's what we see today. The modern churches should be coming to the feast of the Lord. Instead, they're going to the feast of the fathers of the earth, because they actually don't pray to God for their daily bread like they repeat in the Our Father. They pray to the governments of the world, the institutions they have created, that where they have created these by giving up a portion of their rights into the hands of a few men, just like they did in the days of Nimrod in Babylon. People always say, oh, well, Babylon, the great, that's the Roman church, or this is this, or that is that. Babylon is like Nimrod. It's a government, a mighty provider instead of the Lord. He collects from you and your neighbor what he needs to provide you with the benefits you want. But he does it by force, not by free will offering. He compels you in to him to serve him, to bow down and obey him, so that he will have the money in his treasury to take care of you. Of course, he doesn't have enough, so he's run you into debt. But the point is, that's Babylon. That's how that works. You're supposed to be taking care of one another out of faith, open charity, and love. That's why you're going to church. If you think you're worshiping God because you're singing, you're fooling yourself. You're not worshiping God because you're singing. All kinds of people can sing. You worship God because you do what he says. You observe his commandments. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highway and the hedges and compel them to come in, and, and that my house may be filled. That was a a follow-up because there still wasn't enough. So who are these people who are going to come? They're not the Christians you see in church. They're whoever will come. And that is the message that we are sending out. Who will come? Who will repent? Who will turn around? Who will come and follow the ways of the Lord and sit at his table? Now, you have to set the table of the Lord. You have to share with one another. So now, how do you baptize people in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost? Is that, do you say those words while you're holding them down underwater? That's not really baptism. That's not really fully what baptism is all about. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God, which is at hand. We're not talking about after you die. We're talking about right now. You have to be born of the Spirit. Spirit of what? The Holy Spirit. So what does that look like? Well, you would be somebody who believes in God, how do we know you believe in that because you you believe when we see you observing his commandments no lying no backbiting keeping your word no bearing false witness no adultery you see this this is the we know that you believe in Jesus if we see you keeping the commandments if we see you not keeping the commandments we have to say, I don't think he loves Jesus. He's out there fornicating. I don't think he loves Jesus. He's out there uh, coveting his neighbor's good. I don't think he loves Jesus because I don't see him loving his neighbor. I see him building his little kingdom, you know, doing his own little thing, not giving up his day and day and night and night and night. For the good of others. He's not even preaching the gospel. I don't believe he loved Jesus. Simple as that. So this comforter, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. Well, I'm going to bring some of those things to your remembrance, but you're probably not going to remember them. You're probably not going to hear them. You're probably not going to learn them because I can't teach them to you, only the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to bear witness to what I see is the teachings of the Holy Spirit in me. That's why how I've become so different than other ministers. Is because I was willing to listen to what was being told in my spirit. Now, is it a good spirit? Or is it a bad spirit? All right, you can figure that out. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of Truth, which proceedeth from the Father, He shall testify of Me. So, if the Spirit of Christ the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit sent by the Father is in you, you will recognize Christ. If it is not in you, like the Pharisees, you will not recognize Christ. Now, you may profess Christ just like the Pharisees professed Moses, but they didn't know Moses, and therefore they didn't know Christ, neither did they know the Father. And unfortunately, many Christians today do not know the Father, do not know Moses, do not know Jesus Christ, and they do not know the Holy Spirit. But they say, Lord, Lord, they say his name. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Somebody called me up the other night and they uh, asked me, he says, I was reading, uh, he was telling me that he was reading a particular uh, verse in the Bible and I said, and so now you're going to ask me about this verse. <laughs> he said, yes. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to do. Well, of course I could see the verse before me. I knew what he was going to ask. How did I know? Well, I just knew. Maybe I was just lucky gift. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. So I can't, people are always asking, what should I say? What should I do? I don't know. The Holy Spirit is supposed to be teaching you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you what to say or how to say it. I will talk about things and and teach you vocabulary and teach you history and teach you what I've read and share with you all that I know. But I don't know what you need to know. I don't know what you need to say. I don't know what you need to do. God doesn't work that way. He He doesn't send men to rule over you. He sends men to guide you to the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can live in you and you can follow it by choice, by love. Love of the Holy Spirit, love of the Father. That is where you're supposed to be, not under some other individual who's ruling over you. The ministers you choose are not your rulers. Not in a republic. They're titular in name only, but they still are a government. But it's only a successful government as you give to those leaders so that they have the tools and the equipment and the resources they need to do their job. If you want to be paid for what work you do, you should want to pay them for what work they do. And you need to get unspiritually constipated by doing that operation right now. Start learning to give in the right direction to those who are actually serving your needs. And you have a need to come together with others and seek others who are seeking the kingdom and to do that righteously. Psalm fourteen seventeen. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Now, I hear preachers a lot of times talking to a room full of people, talking about them all being saved because they've accepted Christ and because they believe in Christ and because they are part of the church, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I look around and I see these people and I know these people and I know they haven't really accepted Christ. But he keeps talking to them like they all have. So if he talks to them like that, then they all think they're okay. I'm okay. You're okay. We all accepted Christ. We're all in. We are all saved. We all have our salvation. I can't give you a date. da-da-da-da. But I don't see him doing what Jesus said. I don't even see him preaching what Jesus told him to preach, which is to observe what he commanded them. No, he says, oh, yeah, well, we're not supposed to be there and committing adultery and all these kinds of things are pretty basic stuff. He doesn't mind if you covet your neighbor's goods to the agency of government. But he isn't really getting the people back to living by faith, open charity. He isn't, what did it say back up there in Matthew? It said, uh, teaching them to observe some of the things which I have commanded you. Is that what it said? Or did it say, all things whatsoever I have commanded you, all things. You should not be telling your people to become a part of a system of Corbin like that of the Pharisees, because that Corbin, that social security system makes the word of God to none effect. We need to repent of that and do something different. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. If you're born of the spirit, Christ, you will right. do things different in the world according to the way.
0: First, on FirstAmendmentRadio.com and FirstAmendmentRadio.net, around the world and on satellite. Gold and silver is tremendously undervalued. Global demand vastly exceeds mine supply by more than 60% annually. There is little in the financial world more certain than a coming explosion in the prices of gold and silver. The U.S. dollar continues to lose value and respect as the world's reserve currency. Our nation faces challenges on many fronts, and a day doesn't pass without another economist bringing forth warnings of impending economic calamity. There has never been a better time than right now to acquire physical gold and silver, Discount Gold and Silver Trading was founded on the principles of truth and honesty. We believe in providing a quality product, quality service, and most importantly, competitive pricing. We provide all forms of precious metals including American gold, silver, platinum, and rare investment and circulated coins. Silver bars, rounds, and 90% silver bags are on hand for the silver investor. Gold self-directed IRAs are available. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, that's 1-800-375-4188. If you read the history books, the most often asked question to Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South. Was it the Civil War or War of Federal Aggression? John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Pass Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free? Or was it a war to enslave us all? Get this DVD and judge for your war of federal aggression. Get this dvd patient, for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Order online today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Call 559-781-3773. The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of Federal Aggression. Get it today. If you'd like to get a copy of this program, you may subscribe at firstamendmentradio.com for only $45 a month. And you'll receive an MP3 CD weekly of all of our programs. As a bonus, we'll send you a password for our audio archives online. That's a $15 value. Or you may request any month of any program on one MP3 CD for a minimum donation of only $25, or any single program on tape, MP3 CD, or CD for only $15. You may do all of this online at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Just follow the instructions to make a donation or subscribe. You may also adopt an hour of your favorite program Please don't forget that most of the programs on FirstAmendmentRadio.com are listener-supported. Don't do Internet? Then call 559-781-3773 and we'll be honored to help you. Thank you from all of us here at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Welcome
1: back to Kings of the Kingdom. to push a few buttons here for technical reasons and everything should be operating except it doesn't look like it is. <laughs> Here we go, we'll push a couple more buttons. All right, um, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about baptizing people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We've seen that this is not just baptizing with by dunking the flesh in the water. It's about submersing the individual in the spirit of Christ. And that's a very unique thing, to baptize people in the spirit of Christ, in the Holy Spirit. Well, you can't even do it unless the Holy Spirit is in you. It says, Verily I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men, and blasphemies wherewithsoever they shall blaspheme. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness but is in danger of eternal damnation. So what does that mean? To be blasphemers of the Holy Ghost. To say that you don't believe in the Holy Ghost, don't accept the Holy Ghost, don't that you do accept the Holy Ghost, but then you actually don't. To say that you have the Holy Spirit and it's leading you, but it doesn't, and it isn't there. This is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit living in you, Christ in you, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of the Father in you, that brings you to salvation. Not merely thinking or accepting the fact that Jesus Christ is Christ. Because, as I said, the devil accepts that Christ is Christ. He just doesn't have Christ in him. doesn't have Christ in him because he will not repent and he will not accept Christ in him. That's believing. That is, when you really believe in what Christ is saying and what he is doing and the way he is doing it and the character of Christ and the spirit of Christ, then the Holy Spirit can come into you and live in you, and dwell in you, and you will be the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when you come together with other souls who are also temples of the Holy Spirit, now you have the temple of God built with lively stones. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. You need to be led by the Spirit on a day-to-day basis. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. He was preaching the kingdom of God, the right to be ruled by God. And he was telling you what you had to do to be ruled by God, to be saved and the rulers of men this is why they're bringing up questions like is it lawful to pay Caesar the tribute well of course it wasn't but they had to because of something else they had done that wasn't lawful they had made a covenant with Caesar we've talked about that in detail Aristobulus and Hyrcanus and Pompey and how the Romans even got there they were invited there And they were asked to stay by the Pharisees. And that's why the Pharisees ended up saying, We have no king but Caesar. Because they had already sinned and made a covenant, a league, with Pompey and the Romans. And they were actually taking welfare from the Romans. Their free bread was given away in Jerusalem, the same as it was everywhere else in the Roman Empire. And they had had a special decree from Augustus that if, if one of their free bread giveaway days came on a day where they had a holiday. The Romans said, well, you can come the next day and we'll give it to you then when the holiday is over because they recognized their religious right to have their holidays here and there because it was freedom of religion in Rome. But as their system collapsed, you needed to be a part of the Corbin of Rome. You see, they had Corbin too. They always had Corbin. Where you sacrifice something to take care of the needy of your society. And but by the time Augustus was done being emperor, you were expected to sign up for the Corbin of Rome. And by Marcus Aurelius, you had to sign up and you had to sign your children up at birth. For the Corbin of Rome, and they would guarantee your welfare, and they would oversee the welfare of. the When Pompey came in, he found that some of the Pharisees and the Hasmonian uh, Levites were breaking their own laws, and he tried. And his he had a general come first, and that general was rolling back the laws to what they were actually supposed to be, and the Pharisees didn't like it. You see, there were spokesmen for Christ even before Christ. 300 years before Christ, there were men that were preaching the gospel of the kingdom. But Christ wasn't there yet. But Christ has come. All things are fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. That's what you're supposed to be preaching. And the minister should be protecting that kingdom with their own bodies and minds and service. But instead they're delivering everybody back into the bondage of Egypt back into the mire of the pig and he showed and he said he that showed mercy unto him then said Jesus unto him go and do thou likewise we should be showing mercy to one another. We should be caring for one another. And in order to do that, we need to actively be doing it by gathering together. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending, And remaining on him, the same is he that baptizes with the Holy Ghost. Now that's a statement to tell us that Christ's baptism is a baptism of the Holy Spirit of water. It's not enough to be baptized just of water. You must be baptized of the Spirit. In order to do that, you must listen to the Spirit. Pray and listen. Be still and listen. And do what the Holy Spirit is guiding you to do. And when the Holy Spirit says, look at this, and you, you see truth revealed in what he has shown you, you must act upon that truth. If you do not act upon the truth that he has given you, you will not be given the new amount of truth that you will need. If you turn your back on the truth that God gives you, you say, oh, I'm afraid to do that. I'm afraid to move in that direction, Lord. I'm not going to go. Then why would he give you the next step if you will not take the first step? So what is the first step? Well, repent. Change your ways. Start going another way. It's a process. What way have you been going? You have been praying to the fathers of the earth for your daily bread. Well, let's turn around and start setting the table of the Lord so that you can pray to the Lord for your daily bread and receive that daily bread by faith, hope, and charity, rather than force, fear, and violence, which is the method that you're presently using in the world today. You force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare. It isn't about supporting a government. It's about supporting a welfare system, a socialist system, a system that takes away the right of the individual and redistributes wealth according to the power of a single group or a single man. That is the direction in which everybody is moving. They're moving away from Christ, away from the Holy Spirit, and they don't even listen to the Holy Spirit. They know more about the government of the world than they do know about the government of God that operates according to the Holy Spirit. Now, it does have form. It does have system. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell when it cometh and whether it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. You will not know exactly what the Holy Spirit has in store for you or what it has in mind. It will say, go here, go there. And you will need to do that. But the more you do that, the more you will know that the Holy Spirit is It gives you less and less of the flesh to see, to prove that it is there, and more and more of the Spirit. Because that's how it leads you to the ways of the Spirit. Which is the tree of life? That Holy Spirit is our access to the tree of life. It guides us back to that tree of life, that source. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the word of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. He doesn't it doesn't mean it out. God will. Give you more of the Holy Spirit when you need more of the Holy Spirit. He will protect you more in those times of need. And then, when those times of need are gone, you say, "Well, where's the Holy Spirit now?" You'll need it. This is where it will. When the trials and tribulations come, you need to be ready to receive the abundance of the Holy Spirit. In order to be there, you need to be using what is given you now. Now, sometimes you just know, I shouldn't be doing that because he has given those commandments which we're supposed to observe. And if you find yourself coveting, if you find yourself getting angry, if you find yourself getting impatient, if you find yourself uh, becoming intolerant, if you find yourself... Uh, making demands that other people see things your way. Those are dangerous areas. The hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. He doesn't want people with this fake worshiping that we see all the time in churches. He wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. If you are not taking care of one another through faith, hope, and charity, you are not worshiping Christ in spirit and truth. You worship him with your mouth. You worship him with your songs, with your waving of your hands but you're not actually taking care of one another in truth, the needy of your society in truth you actually go to others to take care of the needy of your society that's not good, that's bad God is spirit And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh provideth nothing. The water baptism provideth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, I'm quoting Jesus here because he is your life the word he was speaking was not just coming out in words you could put down on a piece of paper when he was out of the grave he came to his apostles and breathed on them said nothing but breathed on them and said receive the Holy Spirit because in his breath was coming the Holy Spirit too the flesh of his breath was nothing but the spirit that was in that breath was everything And That spirit must come into you to give you life, not just the intellectual information, that's not enough. that is nothing that will die when your brain dies, but the spirit, the gift which will also give us understanding, that guides you, that's what you need. That's what you need to establish. that's what you need to have, and it you cannot make it happen you submit by letting go of your own intellect, your own pride, your own arrogance, your own uh, enthusiasm, your personal enthusiasm, and accept the enthusiasm of Christ. I mean, we play games in our own minds where we conjure up an experience of emotion about Christ and we think that is Christ. Christ is much more. And if you don't realize that, you will be taken to the brink where you are crushed until you accept that. Christ is the spirit of peace and calm and patience and power and understanding and forgiveness. You have to be able to forgive instantly. Instantly in the moment of the transaction or the trans. Uh, transgression. When someone transacts a transgression against you, can you forgive them and love your enemy in that moment? Are you willing to give up everything Well, everything but my car, everything but my home, everything but my wife, everything but my children? Well, no one wants you to sacrifice your children but you need to do what is right. If your child is on a ship and that ship is going down and you could run over and save your child or you could run over and save all the people on the ship by running the other direction, but your child would be lost. Which one would you save? All the other children or your child only? Well, nobody has that choice right there in front of them. But in some ways, that's exactly what each of us has, is a choice. If we love everybody equally, wouldn't we save the greater number than the single number? Well, actually, God will give us way. But in our hearts, we need to make that choice. That's why... We hear these quotes about a man who loves his family more than God doesn't really know love because God loves your family, but you need to love God more than anything else in the ways of God, more than anything else, and there's nothing more you could do for your family better than that. you understand God who is the giver of life you know that already and you will make the choices accordingly but this spake he of the spirit which they that believe on him should believe for the Holy Ghost was not yet given not yet glorified yeah. that uh God, Christ, brought us access to the Holy Spirit that we did not have before. The Holy Spirit has always been around, but there is a new access through Christ that we have not known before, but you do not know it now either unless you know Christ. Unfortunately, people have painted a picture of Christ, and they say, believe in this picture. And it's not really what Christ said. That's why we need to get back to the doctrines of what Christ actually said. He said we are to observe his commandments, all things which he commanded us. How many people know what he commanded us? I mean, it's in the text. Enough so that you shouldn't be able to recognize it, but it's seldom talked about by ministers today he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned again baptized by water or baptized by water and the Holy Spirit. can you baptize by water by saying I baptize you by the Holy Spirit, and he is baptized by the Holy Spirit? Can you actually do that? Can you conjure up the Holy Spirit with magic words? I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I said it, so it's happened. Did it happen? Or did you just say it? Did you just say, Lord, Lord, or are you actually doing the will of the Father? Is the Holy Spirit actually living in you? You know, I mean, there were debates. Oh, could could a heathen baptize you? How can the heathen submerge you in the Holy Spirit? We're putting the ritual of the flesh as everything, and and the Bible just told us the flesh is nothing. It is the Spirit that is everything. So unless you be baptized by the Holy Spirit, you're just all wet. And just saying the words does not conjure up the Holy Spirit because it must, this is where it will. Now a lot of people are going to be disappointed in that. That oh we just baptized and that's done. It's you know magic ceremony. You know, I have news. <laughs> it's not double double boil in trouble. You cannot conjure up salvation through magic words. You must really be immersed in the Holy Spirit. There's no place in the kingdom for you unless the Spirit is within you. And you within it. You have to be one. You have to repent. You know, that's what Constantine said. Just go out and get baptized. He didn't say repent and get baptized, he said everybody in Milan's got to get baptized and become a Christian. We gotta wake up. These are basics. you, you actually have to be doers of the Word? Well, we're going to get into that. What are those things that he commanded us? Well, we'll get into that too. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. He that believeth on him is not condemned But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Because their deeds were evil. Are your deeds evil? Are you doing anything that would be called evil? Are you doing anything to make the Word of God to none effect? Go to our website and look up the article on Corbin. Go to the outline page and look up the article on Corbin. For everyone that doeth evil hated, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be. Manifest that they are, lost. are we doing that? I hope so. Are you doing that? I pray so. Do we see justice and peace be upon your house?
0: You have been listening to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church.